Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode number 39 of the Side of Man podcast. And today, it's going to be a good episode for you to listen to. Uh, this is an interview I did with Kelly Dupay, who is a marriage coach, and I honestly learned so much from him. Um, I recorded this probably actually a couple months ago now. Before I was married, um, I would show you my ring, but it's holding the camera right now. Now I am married, so I've been a bit busy, bought a house, it's been hectic. Uh, this was recorded a couple months ago, but honestly, game changer if you're married or going into marriage or have been married for a very long time. This is going to be a great episode for you. So without further ado, here's episode number 39 with Kelly Dupay. Well, Kelly Dupay, welcome to the Son of Man podcast. How are you? I'm doing great. Great to see you, Paul. No, thank you so much for jumping on. As we've already been talking about, we're going to be talking about marriage uh, in, this, in this week's episode. Before we get started, I usually like to ask people, what's your story? Why are we talking about marriage? How did we get to this point? And just give us a bit of context about that. Oh, fantastic. Well, I'm a pastor and uh, serve as a police chaplain. I've been married for 36 years, two kids and uh, three grandkids. And about 10 years ago, when my son came to us and said he wanted to get married, I just felt the Lord tell me to, um, yeah, start writing down everything I knew about how to be married. And <laughs> so, and then as you, things work out, my wife and I went through the most difficult test of our marriage. And I, it, it got really scary and we, you know, were, I mean, it was, it was really bad. And God taught me and her some really significant lessons and we worked through it and we're still married. In fact, uh, next uh, week, uh, 36 years, we're going to be celebrating. Wow. And so um, just really had a heart though, um, to what can I do to help marriages? And, and then, um, uh, so the book just sat around for years, and about three years ago, uh, well, two and a half, uh, really felt the Lord say, it's time to publish it. And then um, I got into doing marriage coaching, and I've been helping, gosh, I've had several hundred hours of marriage coaching sessions, and I've just been really amazed at how God is using it to um, make a difference in people's lives. So yeah, excited to, to share anything about that, but that's, uh, yeah, where I'm coming from. Yeah, awesome. I think I think it's good to clarify getting started. I want to ask you, in your opinion, what do you think are the key factors that contribute to a lifelong and fulfilling marriage? Obviously, you've been through a few things and you've talked about with a lot of couples. And how do you think couples can, well, how can you guide couples to achieving those factors that you think lead to a successful marriage? Well, it all starts with faith. And I think having a spiritual foundation and a commitment to God and then a commitment to each other. But you need more than just that. There's a lot of Christians I know, um, you know, whose marriages fall apart. In fact, here in America, you know, the divorce rate is about the same in the church as it is in, the, you know, the rest of the society, which is oh. about 50 percent. Uh, by the way, police officers, the rate goes up to 75 percent divorce rate. Really? which is just tragic in my opinion. So you need more than just faith, but it starts with that. Um, so I think what we need to do is start realizing that most of us don't know how to be married. So you, <laughs> you, we start out thinking, hey, I got this figured out. How hard could it possibly be? But when challenges hit, um, then it's like, uh-oh, what do we do now? And unfortunately, a lot of couples let the damage continue 
Um, and then it reaches a point where it's like, okay, that's it. This is hopeless. I want out. Um, so I think we need to learn how and get some skills and knowledge. We need support um, from both our faith community as well as then others that can help you along the journey. Um, we need to recognize that uh, marriage, I believe, needs to be next to your relationship with God, the most important relationship in your life. And uh, so then, you know, with that as a priority, um, then along with that is learning the skills of how to communicate and solve problems and work together and, um, you know, get the help that you need. So, yes, that's what I would say some factors that would contribute to a successful lifelong marriage. Nice. So if there's a couple right now listening to this or someone going into marriage or at the start of their marriage or been married for ages, they're going through a rough patch. You mentioned talking to people in your church or other outsiders like counseling or anything. What are some practical, like quick wins people can do like straight away to start going in the right direction? Um, well, first off, I think that it's important to kind of approach it as a learned skill. You know, oh. when, I, when I'm hanging around the police station, the guys are always talking about skills that are perishable. And I think marriage is a perishable skill. You know, for example, um, you know, you learn some things, you know, just growing up and relating to other people. But when you and your spouse start having issues, learning the skills of how to understand each other, um, how to communicate better, those kinds of things are huge. So I think learning is a big part of it. Um, I think it's, it's also then um, learning how not to explode in anger. That's a huge um. thing that traps up a lot of couples because we get angry when, you know, different things are said. We get hurt um, and then we respond with anger. So one of the first things as I talk with a couple, whether they're Christians or not, is, OK, let's figure out a strategy on how to handle it if you start getting mad. <laughs> OK, nice. and I give them some tips that um, I learned, you know, in pastoring as well as learned from my police officer friends. And um, and so, you know, it's learning how to get a control on the emotion so that way you can have a productive conversation and begin to address the issue. Um, you know, what are some other tips? I would say um, another one is is when recognize that you need help learning how to do this. So that can uh. come from a lot of different sources. Um, I don't do marriage counseling. I do what I call marriage coaching. And right. the difference is that coaching is going to look more a lot on the skills and learning how to do things better so that you can have better outcomes in your relationship. So anyways, I think that's a big one. I think um, learning how to listen, to understand. Um, oftentimes we're not trying to understand. We're just waiting for the other person to stop talking, right? <laughs> so that we can yep. then start. So it's like, no, here, we got to learn how to um, empathize and validate and listen. And that solves a, a lot of problems. So um, I think learning some new things and then putting those into practice. Yeah, that's super cool. And that makes a lot of sense. Um, do you have one practical, like super quick one for someone who has a tendency to get angry in their marriage? Like what's the common thing you see that you've helped people with? Like how can we, what's a quick one we can do to help that really quickly? Absolutely. Okay. When, this is a great question. And I, I have seen, this is, this will be um, like magic. I guarantee okay. it. This absolutely okay. works. Okay. So here it is. When you're talking to your husband or your wife and either he's angry, she's angry, you're angry, 
what you do is you walk, you call a timeout. And a timeout is not, I'm done, I'm, I don't want to talk about this, I'm leaving. But it's like, hey, let's go um, for 10 minutes or 15 minutes or half an hour. And if things are really bad, you might even want to wait till tomorrow, the next day. Either way, but walk away and then calm down. And here is the tip. Take a drink of water. Mm. Physiologically, and I don't know if you know this, but basically the front part of your brain right here is what causes you to make good decisions. All right. Mm. But when yep. you get angry, you go into what's called fight or flight mode. And, yep. and the way God made us is that the back part of your brain takes over and it starts, you know, you, it's like I either want to fight back or I want to run away. All right. Yeah. So when you start feeling those kinds of emotions, your front part that gives you wisdom and helps you say things in the right way to not make it worse is shutting down. It's shutting. It's minimizing that so that the energy can go back to the fight or flight. So uh -huh. what you want to do when you have a drink of water, it resets your brain. It reconnects your brain. And all of a sudden you're able to say, OK, what can I say? that will, or how can we talk about this and have a productive conversation and actually resolve the issue? I guarantee a drink of water will change your life when you're angry. Oh, I'm so glad I asked that question. Oh my goodness. I totally, I totally understand and can empathize why that would be so helpful. And this, yeah, there's times where you're like having a productive conversation that actually probably isn't well that actually isn't that productive and you're just you know at a time where i could totally see we're actually just taking 10 minutes calming down a little bit would be so helpful uh, yeah i'm glad i asked that question that's a really good answer thank you so much <laughs> and um, it absolutely works i've, no, I've totally. seen it in my own life and i've seen it in the lives of lots of other people no i totally see that we actually have something similar we learned in our pre-marriage counseling in one of our sessions we're still going through it but one of the sessions we learned about what they call the 10 p.m rule and it's basically the same thing if you guys are having like a discussion after 10 p.m it's not going anywhere you're not feeling any better after having a conversation cool let's just check a pause on it have a sleep wake up and when me and my partner have done that it, yeah it makes so much sense and oh, so that's absolutely probably a similar vein into what you're talking about yeah. so i see, I see and why i think so we good. i think we misunderstand that bible verse that says don't let the sun go down on your anger out of ephesians mm. Yeah. I don't believe that it means you have to resolve the issue before you go to bed. Right. Oftentimes, that is impossible. <laughs> uh. But what is possible is that you can calm down before you go to bed so that you're totally. not going to bed angry. You're just going to bed and saying, okay, we're going to hit the pause button and address this tomorrow. Yeah, no, Great I idea. Agree. Yeah, totally. Um, let's flip it. We've probably already talked about it a little bit. Let's flip it from talking about what's the good things to at least a good marriage. What are some common reasons out of the hundreds of hours you've done that lead to breakdown and uh, marriages start to fall apart? How do people get to that point and what can people do preemptively to prevent that? Very good. Well, it, it, at the, I'm going to repeat myself just a little bit because the answer is That's similar okay. to what I was just saying, but let me come at it from that angle. Uh, yep. In fact, um, my next book, I think, is going to be focused on common marriage mistakes and how to avoid them. So let me give nice. you five really quick. The first one is wrong priorities. So in other words, okay. you're seeking after all the other things in life, whether it's your job, your career, or even focusing on your kids more than prioritizing your marriage. Okay. So the three okay. things that we prioritize incorrectly is our work, our kids, and our hobbies. 
So whenever mm. something is more important to you than your marriage, other than God, it's not going, your marriage is going to struggle. The another mistake I see is people don't listen to understand. They listen to reply that I said earlier. So mm. that breakdown of communication because you're not really listening or you don't understand me. That's a huge mistake that leads to a lot of problems. The third one is the anger thing that I've talked about, you know, and just allowing that emotional response to hurt or offense to just, or when you're being attacked, you know, the way we fight back is we get angry in return. So whenever that happens, absolutely, you are going to damage your relationship and it's going to take a lot of uh, work to, to heal that. A, a fourth one would be not asking for what you need. So the Bible tells us in James chapter 4, you have not because you ask not. But we don't realize that that's the answer when it comes to getting what we want in our uh, marriages or relationships. So it's learning how to ask. It's learning how to communicate and speak up. So even if it's a complaint, you know, if you're hurt because your husband or wife is doing something or not doing something that you would like them to do, if you don't say anything, what's going to happen is that what you permit will persist. It's going to oh. continue. And I've talked to wives who just say, my husband always does this. And he was clueless because she never said anything <laughs> to him about it. So, and then, you know, when you get fed up, then it's like, okay, I'm done. I'm out of here. I want a divorce. I don't care what God says. So don't let it build to that point. And then the All last right. one, I think that is a huge mistake is not getting help. Um, mm -hmm. I think a big, I think everybody, my wife and I certainly needed it to work through our issues and um, getting some kind of uh, help, um, whether it's a mentor or a friend or a mentor couple that's been married longer than you or coming to somebody like myself, a coach or a therapist or, or get some counseling, but getting help before you need it is All a right. huge um, suggestion and that's the way around it. But these things I think can be fixed. Um, and turned around if you start doing the opposite, make the priorities, learn to listen, you know, um, deal with the anger thing. And then, of course, start asking for what you need and then get the help. That's so good. And I can totally see where I've fallen short in those things and see the repercussions of where I've fallen short. For example, if there's something that like irks me a little bit, I don't say anything and it keeps irking me and then it gets worse and worse. I totally see that. Uh, what was the, one of the first things you said? Um, oh, okay. I'm having my blank now. But I, I can to, I totally see like where I've gone wrong and that oh yes sorry when it was like prioritizing I'm a big workaholic and my whole as a teenager and young adult I'm like this is mean I work hard I'm doing good and then all of a sudden I have a fiance who's a quality time person and I'm like oh maybe being a workaholic's not as beneficial as it was a couple of years ago and it's actually quite a problem and I have to work on that and so sometimes I guess in culture I don't want to babble on but i think sometimes in culture we like hype up people who work hard and working hard is good but when it starts taking over and when you start to prioritize it over your marriage or stuff yeah i can see why that would turn bad yeah well jesus said what good is it to gain the whole world and lose mm. or forfeit your soul and i yep. think we as christians need to put our you know our marriage in that verse what good is okay. it you know to have the most you know whatever successful company i know you own a company I mean, yeah, you want to be successful, work hard, but don't sacrifice your marriage um, on the altar of success. Totally. You know, 
Keep the first thing first, the main thing, the main thing. And then trust that God is going to bless your efforts in the other areas of your life. Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. Um, one thing that we've probably touched on a little bit is communication. Um, it's obvious to see why people struggle with it, but why, why have you seen why do people struggle with it and how can we help people who are struggling with communication, whether that's letting their partner know how they feel or not be able to communicate their feelings in a proper way? What do you see as the common like mistakes in communication and how can we help with that? Well, like I said earlier, it's not knowing how and that it's not understand. It's not um, it's well, it's it's not listening. OK. And, and yeah. I would say it's see, communication is basically just sharing information. It's talking. So it's the problem is not that we don't know how to talk. Most everybody knows how to talk. <laughs> what right. we don't know how to do, though, is listen. And, and listen, and, and it's listening and hearing are very, very different. And so oh. listening is one of the skills that I teach couples to do. And, and the way I teach them to do it, you know, is, okay, at the end of this statement, when your wife stops talking to you, here's what you're going to do. You're going to repeat back what you just heard. I mean, think mm. of it as a test or a quiz at school. The teacher says, okay... I'm going to give you a quiz as soon as I'm done teaching this. So now you pay attention, right? Because you need the answers for the test. Same yeah. <laughs> thing. You know, if you're distracted, if you're thinking about, because what we get caught up in is thinking about what am I going to say? How am I going to reply? Am I, if she's mad at me for some reason, or he's mad at me, how am I going to explain? Here's the reason why I was late, or here's the reason why I forgot to, you know, whatever, do this, or here's the, re you know, whatever. So going in to explain or justify or, or even just, you know, here's my side of it until there's understanding is where the breakdown comes. And in yeah. some ways, it's just that selfish, sinful nature that we all struggle with as well, that we need Jesus to change our hearts and give us that loving and giving attitude that we can share with our spouse. And the best way to help someone, the best way to strengthen your relationship is to be there to listen. So mm. it's definitely something you know that we can all learn to do better. And by the way, if you've uh, made all those mistakes, so have I. And I think that's why I've, I've learned to, to, to do this well, or, you know, or at least to help others. And my yeah. wife and I are doing really well because we're putting into practice, you know, what, um, what I'm teaching others. So yeah, totally. I've made them too. As, as you bring that up, it reminds me of apologizing and how to say sorry in a meaningful way. That's not just, I'm sorry, but like, so what I want to run by you is what I've learned about apologizing and you can add in your anything extra or I just want to see how you react. So what I've learned about apologizing is you don't just say sorry, but the other person wants to feel understood, right? So for example, if I hurt my partner, I don't just say I'm sorry, but I say sorry. I say why I'm sorry. I say like what I did, this is what I did. I understand that this will make you feel whatever and how it made her feel. Um, what I'm going to do differently in the future and then ask for forgiveness because that's the whole not just what, what did he say it's not just uh it's not just uh li listening and what's the other thing that's different understanding understanding so i could just listen but i have to actually understand oh, how yeah, i've listening made... and hearing is the is, hearing i think exactly yeah, no, it's not correct. just hearing it's yeah. really listening but understanding yeah i love those points i um i kind of teach that there's four r's to a good apology and the okay. R's go like this. It's responsibility, 
which is, is saying, I'm going to own this. I made a mistake and just like that. And, and I like, I need to add another one, which is the understanding, but I can't think of one that starts with an R. So <laughs> I'll work on right. that now. Anyways, yeah. you need to take responsibility. You need to own it. Don't excuse it. Don't explain it, but own it. I made a mistake. I am wrong or I hey. was wrong. Um, the next then is remorse or regret. And that's yeah. where you're saying, I'm really sorry, but I'm not sorry I got caught. Or I'm not sorry about the problem that we're now having. I'm sorry for the hurt that I caused you. That's what godly sorrow is all about. It's saying, I'm sorry for the hurt. Um, the, the third one is then um, repentance. And so repentance means change. I know it's a Bible word. And a lot of people get caught up in the religious part of it. But my wife, um, on several occasions actually, has said to me, I don't want to hear you say, I'm sorry. I've heard that before as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why? Well, what is she asking for? And I remember yeah. praying about it and saying, well, God, what do I say? You know, how do I apologize if she doesn't want to hear the words, I'm sorry? And mm. I really felt the Lord say, tell her that you repent. Mm. I repent. Repent means change. Repent means, you know, to the best of my ability, I'm not going to do this again. And I'm going to change. And that, I think, is also what our spouses need to hear. And then you already said yeah. the last one. I just put it with an R, and I say request forgiveness. And nice. because we've been forgiven by Jesus, that's why we can forgive others that hurt us. So, yeah. Yeah. But I yeah, would. Cool. I, now i got to add something about understanding, because I really like that point. Because you're absolutely yeah. right. If you just jump into the I'm sorry without letting her feel understood, then yeah, she's not ready to hear I'm sorry, or even I <laughs> repent. She needs right. to know that you understand what um, you did that hurt her. Good yeah. point. I love that. No, uh, no, thank you. There's some good four hours plus a bonus. Four <laughs> hours plus a bonus you. Yeah, there. there you go. <laughs> um, what can people do before they're married? Like, obviously, I'm going to be married next month. But even before that, what about people who are dating or people who just got engaged or any step, even the single? What can people do before they're married to sort of set themselves up for a win in marriage? Uh, yeah, before they're married. Oh, yeah. Great question. Well, I would say that the best thing to do, well, actually, there's two things. Um, you, you want to learn how, okay? Recognize yeah that nothing in your life, <laughs> not your education, oh. not maybe some of your work experience might come into it, depending on what your job might be. But for most of us, we are completely unprepared for oh. the demands of being married. And most marriages start out really easy. There's what I call yeah. the honeymoon phase. But it's right. after about two or three years, or definitely when the kids show up, okay, <laughs> that then the challenges start arising. And that's where couples start struggling because they don't know what to do. Um, and, you know, so anyway, start learning how and putting good practices into place, even while you're dating. Another thing would be to spend a, I mean, or let me change that up. Instead of the word spend, I want to use the word invest. You want to invest a, a significant amount of time before you get married. I believe in a long dating or courtship period <laughs> and a short engagement. Now, right. I mean, whatever that needs, you know, two, three months, you know, six months maybe. But 
I, I like it when couples spend a lot of time getting to know each other, you know, and um, probably the other thing I would say is really follow, um, you know, God's word and, and um, you know, walk in purity because um, cool. what we're really doing in a dating situation is, and, and I know the Bible says don't judge, and I'm not saying that, but what you are doing when you're dating someone is you are evaluating that person. Right. And what you're asking yourself is simply this. Can I spend the rest of my life with this person? Mm. And if you're in doubt, don't do it. Walk away. Mm. If you think that it's, it's well, you know, yeah, I mean, he or she is pretty good, but there's some things that I would really like to see them change. Well, you better talk about it while you're dating because they may or may not change. And mm. once you get married, it's for keeps, you know, God, God, I mean, the Bible says, you know, that God hates divorce. He doesn't right. hate divorced people, but he hates divorce because of the pain that it causes people. And mm. so um, you really need to go into it with a till death do us part kind of attitude. So mm. accepting the other person for who they are and then um, not trying to change them, but, you know, recognizing that, uh, yeah, during that dating phase, I am judging you. <laughs> <laughs> but but only in the sense that I need to know that this is a good fit for me. And mm. I want you to do that as well with me. I want you to right. evaluate if you think I'm a good fit for you. Because if you don't, then, you know, let's recognize that this may not be meant to be. Let's call it off and trust God to lead us to somebody else. And I think a lot hey. of couples are really afraid of um, of that. Um, and then there's kind of that whole fear of commitment, too. I talked to a lady the other day, and her and her uh, partner have been dating eight years. <laughs> I'm like, mm. okay. Oh, wow. So what's what's wrong with that picture? <laughs> Somebody's <laughs> afraid of commitment. So um, there really is a time. It is a step of faith. You know, we need okay. to recognize, you know, what is God saying about this? Um, you know, we need to pray. We need to ask for confirmation from our friends and family. Do they think this is a good you know, move for us to marry this person. Um, but ultimately, after hearing from the Lord and after hearing from, you know, and after spending a lot of time with that uh, person and having that confirmation from others, then there is that step of, okay, God, I'm going to trust you that this is the right thing to do. Uh, mm -hmm. But then you go into it, you know, with that full, full on, you know, uh, till death do us part commitment. But yeah, spend enough time, invest enough time, I should say, to get to know each other so that you and can see, is this really the right person? Yeah, no, that's some really good wisdom. Um, what I wanted to figure out, mainly, well, I think it will help a lot of people. I think everyone's busy at the moment, but also selfishly. Um, what advice do you have for couples to how to prioritize their marriage when everyone's so busy nowadays? Like, How can we make sure that's our number two relationship in our lives when everyone's um, got stuff going on? Awesome. All right. Well, I gave you the four R's of a good apology. Here's the three <laughs> P's to answer Ooh. that question. Okay. Nice. The first yep. one is prioritize. Okay. Yes. So in other words, get your heart right. Okay. What are the priorities in my life? And, and if you see that they're out of whack, really look at that and adjust those things. You know what? My work is more important to me than my marriage or my relationship. So God changed my heart. So make yes. a commitment, if you will, to prioritize. The second one then is plan, okay? So if, if the priority is my marriage, all right, how am I going to live that out? So the way to live that out is with your calendar 
and mm. with your bank account. Okay. <laughs> where am I spending my time and where am I spending my money? You know, <laughs> and, and by spending money, I don't mean it's, it's all about lavish gifts or anything like that, you know, but you want to look at what are we budgeting some money so that we can go on dates or maybe a weekend together away from the kids. You leave the kids with the grandparents, um, you know, and then, um, you know, you, you, um, what else would you do? Uh, you, um, so you got to plan ahead. You got to figure out the logistics, you know, so it's the finances of having, you know, and even if it's just, you know, $5 a week, you know, Dude. go buy an ice cream or if <laughs> I'm not even sure you can right. do that anymore, but you know, <laughs> do something to spend quality time with each other. So it's, it's, um, really prioritizing and living that out. And then, you know, um, uh, figuring out how to fit um, everything else in that you need to do with your time. Um, and then the, the third P is to play. So you want to prioritize, mm. you want to plan, and now play. And by play, I just mean go have fun, enjoy each other, you know, and mm. uh, really uh, build and strengthen the, the relationship that you have. So one of the things in my book that I talk to couples about is asking what I call the connection question. So this would be a great way to also recognize if things are out of whack. And the connection question is basically simple. It's this, how's our connection? How are we doing? Are we good? Do you feel neglected? Do you feel special? My goal is to make my wife feel special. Does she feel that way? If she doesn't, I need to work on it. And so mm. that's a great way to kind of see is there something out of whack in my life that we need to adjust? Do we need some more dates on the calendar? Do we need a weekend away or maybe, you know, whatever it might be, you know, do we yeah. need to invest in getting some help? That would be another way, you know, with your, um, to look at your finances and your time, you know, to then prioritize and to plan those things. Um, so anyways, you want to plan a prioritize plan and play. Nice. Yeah. That makes total sense. I think, uh, quickly, I think I'd want to, when you said play, what I'm thinking is how do you talk to couples who maybe grew up and have like different hobbies? They love each other. They've got a really good relationship in marriage, but say they're just into different hobbies or into different things. How, what's your strategy? Do you try find something you both like? Do you kind of just agree to, you have your own time to deal with those sorts of things? What's your sort of thoughts on those? Well, it, 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 it basically is, you know, I always start with this. It's like, well, what do you want? Okay. Yes. Do you want to be a professional golfer? You know, if you <laughs> do, you know, or, or do you want to be, you know, what do they call it? A scratch golfer, which means you're yeah. shooting par every time you go on the course. Well, that's going to take, and golf is a great sport. I love to play golf. Okay. <laughs> but if you want to be that level of golfer, it's going to take a huge amount of time and probably a, a lot of money. So what do you really want? That's kind of the first cup um, question. Because if the answer is, I want to be close to my wife. I want to have a great relationship with my husband. Well, if that's what you want, okay, then what needs to shift or change in your life in order to get there? Okay. Mm. So it's focusing on the desire. And then out of that, then, okay, make the plan. And then, you know, like you say, you want to live it out and play and have fun and enjoy. Now, if there's two competing hobbies, um, then, you know, once again, what do you want? Well, I want to be close. Okay, fantastic. So then let's figure out a way to do both. Have a great marriage and still be able to play golf and do needlepoint. 
or whatever your <laughs> wife might be in, you know? Mm. And so like when my wife and I are on vacation, you know, oftentimes she's like, hey, go feel free, go play golf. And even though it's like a, you know, four hour block of time, you know, away from her. And so mm. it's, it's really fun. I enjoy it. She sits by the pool. She brings a book. She enjoys kind of that quiet time without me, you know, <laughs> but we only mm. do it once on our, you know, seven day vacation. It's not right. like I'm going to go play golf every day. So you can yeah. kind of put it into, and the key here, I think is balance. You want yeah. to make sure that you're balancing both um, things and then, um, yeah, allowing both to happen. So if you want to, you know, um, spend time doing your hobby, I'll go do mine. But let's just not do it every weekend, you know, yeah. maybe one day a, a month or, you know, you figure it out and you try to make it work. Well, that's yeah, a great nice. question, though. Yeah, cool. I think that's some good wisdom. Um, I think my last big question would be, what advice do you have to couples who are struggling or considering seeking help or a marriage coach and what should they expect from the process and how can they get the most out of it? Oh, great question as well. Well, the biggest encouragement I could have is don't wait, okay? Mm. Um, you need to, the, there's a saying that the time to fix your roof is before it rains. You know, right. the time to do maintenance on your car is before it breaks down. So if you think that it would be helpful to get some coaching or counseling, yeah, go ahead. Find somebody, make an appointment, you know, and get started right away. Because mm. here's what will happen. Things will only get worse if you don't. And now the small problems that you're experiencing today are going to become huge problems a month from now or six months from now yeah. or a year from now. So the longer you wait, the worse things are going to get. Um, so get help right away. And then within that counseling or coaching, um, I would encourage everybody to do um, three things. First off, it's be open, be vulnerable, yeah. and be willing to learn and change. So yeah. what do I mean by being open? There's probably, at least in coaching, there's, I'm going to help you discover new ways of doing things. So if you're stuck in the, well, this is just how I do it, and it seemed to work so far, and hey. I don't see what the problem is. Okay, well, maybe there's a better way, <laughs> okay? And, right. um, and so uh, my wife is a nurse, by the way, and um, hey. she uh, has focused a big part of her, the second part of her career on nursing research. And so one of the things she talks to, tells me about is that there's new ways of doing nursing now in her hospital that they don't do it the way they used to. And I'm like, well, why? And it's because through research, they've figured out that different things will produce better patient outcomes. And she's a pediatric yeah. nurse, so her passion is basically, I want sick kids to get better quicker. Well, it yeah. works the same way in marriage. If there's a better way to do something or say something, be open to learning that. Secondly, <laughs> be vulnerable. Let go. You don't need to defend yourself. You don't need to get caught up in pride. You don't need to, um, you know, excuse. You know, just be vulnerable. Be honest. Open up. What's really going? What are you afraid of? You know, what do you want? And then that vulnerability comes then some deep honesty and, um, and that's where connection really, I think is healed. It's when we're vulnerable with each other, but it's a scary thing to do. Um, and then the third thing is be willing to change. 
You know, don't just, it's not just information, it's transformation. Do what, do something or put it into practice <laughs> what you've learned. Um, uh, and then another thing I could add to that as well is focus on progress, not perfection. So progress means, hey, are things getting better? Yeah, but we still have blah, 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 blah. Okay, well, okay, let's leave those other things aside and, and be thankful for the progress that you're making because it's little by little that you're going to see, you know, things change in your marriage and, um, and in your family. Um, probably the other thing, too, that I like to encourage um, couples to do and families is think about your kids. And you guys just yeah. being, you know, uh, married next month, you know, if you want to have kids, all right, think yeah. about the legacy that you want them to have. Think yeah. about the memories that you want them to have, okay? Yeah. And by that, I mean, do you want them to remember having to go to divorce court or seeing yeah. mom or dad pack their suitcases and get in the car and move out? No. Yeah. You don't yeah. want them to remember that. You don't want them to experience that, do you? And I'm no. hopefully not. No, nobody not. No, no. wants that. Exactly. So here's the thing. What do you want them to remember from their childhood? Well, yeah. I would hope, I would think or imagine that you want them to remember mom and dad who really loved each other. Yeah, mom and dad had some fights, but you know what? They figured it out. They worked it through. They got some help. They told me to, you know, me and my sister, we went and spent the evening with my grandparents so they could go talk to somebody and get some help, <laughs> okay? So anyways, you want your kids to right. see and have that safety and security of a, um, a, a healthy family, healthy uh, marriage of their parents. So the way to do that is to, yeah, think about the long-term impact of your choices and focus on the legacy that you're leaving your kids. Because that, yeah. I think, is really going to help us chart the future for ourselves. Is it possible, so as an example, is it possible for one person out of the couple to go to like a marriage coach or marriage counseling? Not necessarily because the other person doesn't want to or they're not committed. But for example, if they're going to a counselor for an unrelated thing, they've got their own counseling going on. Could the other person go to marriage coaching or marriage counseling on their own? Does it still work? Yeah, absolutely. And even if your spouse doesn't want to go... I would suggest go yourself because you yeah. as a husband or wife can change the night the excuse me the dynamic of your marriage yeah. simply by learning new skills and doing things differently because right. if you've been the one like let's say your your husband or wife has a bad temper and they're always yelling at you well if yeah. you can learn how to respond to the yelling in a more effective way yeah, they're still a jerk. They're still yelling at you. They're <laughs> still causing lots of problems. But now you've risen above that because you got some help. And now yeah. there's a better way. And because they're seeing you change, they might then want to change as well. And then certainly there's all kinds of other issues that can come up um, in coaching or counseling that, um, yeah, would really help the dynamic. But yeah, don't hesitate um, to, to get some help by yourself. Mm, yeah that makes a lot of sense and thank you so much for all the wisdom and knowledge you've shared it's very obvious you know what you're talking about it's very obvious you've been through it you've learned a lot you've helped a lot of people i can tell a lot and i think this has been very helpful to me at least and it's going to be helpful to a lot of people for the wisdom you share it's very actionable it's very practical and i think a lot of people are going to learn a lot from this podcast before we wrap up 
I always like to do some rapid fire questions because I'm a bit of a book nerd and a podcast nerd. Can I ask you some questions about that? Oh, sure. Great. I like to always ask, what is your favorite book or what do you think has made the most impact in your life? Um, there's a book called uh, Changes That Heal by Dr. Yes. Henry Cloud. And uh, that really turned my life around a long, long time ago. So that's one of my favorite books. There's lots that I could give. My favorite marriage book, by the way, other than my own, <laughs> is <laughs> one by uh, John Gottman sold, yes. um, called Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work. That's a great nice. one. That's my favorite. I recommend that one a lot as well. Cool. But uh, yeah, very good. Yeah, nice. Uh, add that to the list of marriage books I need to read. Uh, I don't know if you're a big podcast person. Do you have a favorite podcast that you like to actually, go to? Actually, I do. Um, there's Ooh. a guy named, it, the, the name of the podcast is called Newt's World, and it's by the former Speaker of the House in the United States Congress called Newt Gingrich. And his hey. perspective on life and politics and global situations is really I, I'm encouraging and unique. So I listen to him a lot, along with lots of others, but he's one of my favorites. Nice. And if you could have a mentor, anyone dead or alive, can't say God, that's cheating, who would, <laughs> who would you have? Um, it would probably be either Dr. Henry Cloud or his partner that he wrote a lot of books with, uh, Dr. John yes. Townsend. Um, I actually went, I've, I've been to several of their seminars and, you know, leadership retreats and different things like that. But to have them as a one-on-one -on -one mentor would be amazing. <laughs> They're great guys. They... And I, I highly recommend all of their books. Henry Cloud, John Townsend. They've got probably 20 or 30 books between the two of them. And it's just brilliant they... stuff. They're Christian psychologists. So they have nice. a unique blend of psychology with a theology that I nice. think is just really, really helpful. What sort of, are they covering leadership? Or are they covering all sorts of psychological things, marriage, what, what's the Yeah, um, marriage, leadership, um, personal growth. A lot of it is personal nice. growth, just, just dealing with um, past hurts. And um, they wrote the book, by the way, Boundaries, which uh, a lot of people uh, have heard yeah. of. They're the yeah. guys that wrote that. And so um, learning how to set boundaries is a huge skill. That's also one of my favorite books. So I nice. think, and they wrote one called Boundaries in Marriage, which is also yeah. really good. So Henry Cloud, John Townsend, great guys. Nice, you'll, awesome. In, you'll get a lot out of them. Yeah. Well, Kelly, as I said, honestly, this has been an amazing podcast. So much value. So I've learned so much that I'm going to watch my own podcast back again because this has been amazing. Um, where can people learn more about you? Where can they find your book? Uh, where do you want to send people? Yeah. So um, if you go, so here's a copy of my book. This is, this is it. It's called Turn It Up, How to Have nice. the Lifelong Marriage That You Really Want. And um, yeah. I've got it available um, at, a, um, at this address. So just type this in a browser. It's turnitup.coach, all one word, um, slash 75. And you can order um, a digital copy uh, at 75% off the price that it's on Amazon. Mm. And so that's $3.75. And um, uh, it, it on that same page, you'll see that it offers the print copy, but I know you guys are all in New Zealand. And I'm <laughs> sorry, I can't, I don't have it set up to do international shipping. So go mm. for the digital copy and uh, you'll get the same book. And um, I think you, do, you can read it on your Kindle or on your computer or on your nice. phone. And um, yeah, it's, uh, you'll really enjoy it. It's, uh, it's a PDF download that you can use in all kinds of devices. So um, that would be the best place to go. My website is turnitup.coach. 
um, if you wanted to book a call with me and uh, would love, by the way, even though we're in two different time zones, I'm in Los Angeles and yes. um, I know you guys are in New Zealand, but you know what, just like on this uh, episode, we can schedule a time that's um, convenient for both of us. And time. then, um, you know, with a Zoom or a phone call or whatever, yeah, distance doesn't matter anymore in our, in our world today. Totally. And I'd love to help you and your spouse or even just you um, we can, you know, so I'm would like to offer everybody's listening to this, a free, um, coaching session. I like to call Ooh. it a clarity call. And so at the clarity call, what I do is we spend about between half an hour and an hour and it's just basically, Hey, what's working, what's not. And I give couples then a three point or three step roadmap of here's the three things that I would recommend you guys need to start working on now to have the kind of marriage that you really want. So love to offer that to anybody. Just go to turnitup.coach um, and then that'll, you can see right there a little bit more about me and then also book a um, the free clarity call. And then the book again is at turnitup.coach slash 75 for the 75% offer. Yeah, awesome. There's so much value you've already given and 75% that's off and a free coach. Oh my goodness, I'm going to have to promote this one hard because that's, that's so good. <laughs> Um, thank you so much, Kelly. I really appreciate you jumping on. It's been amazing, super practical, super actionable. You have so much wisdom in this area, and I can tell that just based on this 44-minute recording so far. So thank you so much. I appreciate you jumping on, and I'll be in contact because I think I've learned a lot. So thank you so much. Absolutely. Well, I want you and your um, spouse to, uh, I mean, your your fiancé to, to book a call. Yeah. So um, looking <laughs> nice. forward to hearing from you, Paul. Thank you cool. very, very much for this opportunity. I am just really blessed and excited, um, yeah, about how God's going to use this. So thank you again for this opportunity. No, thank you so much. Appreciate you.